This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Libby Collins. Jessica, they didn't happen to say how many people took them up on the offer of getting a mullet haircut, did they? You know, they did not, but I read that it was mullet haircuts only. You could not get any other style of haircuts. <laughs> I think I think Isaac is sorry he missed that. I, I don't know, Isaac. I, I'm not sure about the the mullet on you if you've got the right the right facial characteristics for it. I think you gotta I think you gotta have a certain look. Yeah, it's to, not for everybody. Yeah, you, you definitely not. Definitely not for everybody. Ah, yeah. I I would have loved to have seen that one. Uh, We've got a busy show ahead. We're going to tell you about that in just a couple of minutes. But uh, this week, one of the big stories was, of course, the arrest and booking of uh, former President Donald Trump. And I had the opportunity this week to talk with Norman Solomon. He's written for The New York Times and also The Washington Post. He has a new book called War Made Invisible about people who have kept and disclosed classified information. So it seems apropos that we ask him about President Trump keeping those classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and apparently showing some of them to people without security clearance. Do you look at the possibility of his holding these documents at Mar-a-Lago as, well, he may end up behind bars? He might end up behind bars. Of course, he has the capacity to hire an endless train of lawyers to endlessly try to delay matters. I think it's striking to me in terms of the contrast with those who have been convicted of the Espionage Act, which he's charged under, and have gone to prison as a result. And one of the characteristics of the Espionage Act is that if you were accused of mishandling or disclosing classified documents, you are not allowed to talk about why you did it as a public service or public interest defense. You know, in the case of uh, President Trump, that's sort of irrelevant. I mean, can you imagine him trying to excuse what he did by talking about why he did it? I mean, his interest was pretty apparently self. It was self-interest. Whereas there's a whistleblower from the U.S. Air Force who blew the whistle on the drone program of the U.S. military. He's serving 45 months in prison right now. And if he had been allowed to tell the jury why he did what he did, he might have never gone to prison in the first place. So are you saying that if it ever gets to a trial, President Trump will be allowed, unlike these other defendants, to reveal his intentions? It really wouldn't help him if he could. Even if he could explain his purported reasons, it would just be so self-serving. That's pretty evident from all the information we have. So it's a real contrast with the drone whistleblowers who were also not allowed to tell the jury or tell the judge in the court proceedings why they did what they did. And really, their reasons were pretty much a 180 from apparently Trump's reasons. It was about having the informed consent of the governed. It was about, in the case of the drone whistleblower, Daniel Hale, letting people know that U.S. documents showed up to 90 percent of the people killed by U.S. drone strikes were civilians. So this is a huge difference in how these cases play out. Do you believe that President Trump was holding this information with an intention to reveal it during his campaign? It's really hard to tell. You know, this might unfold during the trial. I think that what is very relevant here is the two standards that are applied, not so much in the law, but in political environment, in terms of media coverage, because nobody has even heard about, to a large extent, the revelations and the results of the classified disclosures coming from some of the military whistleblowers. Chelsea Manning spent seven years in prison for revealing essentially U.S. war crimes. So I think it's about political culture and about how media cover these different situations. What do you perceive to be the most serious charge against former President Trump? Well, I don't have legal expertise. I think that there's a 37-count indictment. 31 of those counts is under the Espionage Act. And there's a political context for all this, which is that he has just, according to everything we know, really abused his authority. And it's a question of, do we live under laws or are some people far more equal than others? Based on the research that you've done on so many of these other individuals who 
supposedly with good intentions, have had this information, have revealed this information, and now are behind bars. Do you feel President Trump is going to be convicted? Well, I have no way of knowing that. My crystal ball's in the shop. He has a lot of lawyers that he can keep hiring. And as we know, unfortunately, whatever the rhetoric is, if you have a lot more money, you have a lot more clout in the court system. And there are a lot of people behind bars, not only drone whistleblowers, but others who just didn't have the resources to play the judicial system the way Trump does. And it's certainly going to be a story to keep our eye on, and we will be doing that over the next several months. Well, it's Father's Day, and on this Father's Day morning, um, boy, this is this is a heartbreaking story. Uh, I was, a woman from West Bend reached out to me this week, and wanted to tell me about what happened to her brother-in-law, who is a father of 13, and it is a very, very tragic story. We're going to hear that a little bit later on this morning. Also, um, speaking of fathers and mothers, well, there's a new baby at the zoo. We'll hear about that. And, uh, oh, I was out there Friday. What a fabulous event. The Lakefront Festival of Art is back after a four-year absence. Mark Cass is going to be here. He has more information about the proposed increased sales tax in the city and county. And also he uh, talks about athletes and whether or not they may have to contribute to the upgrades at American Family Field. Uh, Matt Miller's here. He saw the new Flash movie. Is it worth going to see just for the cameos? I'm Batman. Well, Matt will tell us. Uh, Sandy Max is going to stop by this morning. He's from, of course, Wisconsin Afternoon News, and she's got a special event that's going on this month. We're going to talk about that. We'll look back at the Week in Review. Jessica's here. She's in the newsroom. Isaac's right next to us, pushing those buttons. And in just two minutes, it's Dominic Catronio and Sports. It's all ahead this morning on the Sunday morning edition of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. It is 814 and 64 degrees at WTMJ. The Brew Crew with an opportunity to take the series against the Pittsburgh Pirates on Saturday. Wade Miley taking the mound. Got some help from his offense and young rookie center fielder Joey Weimer. There's a drive towards right. Back at the track and it is gone. A home run for Joey Weimer. His second in as many days. It's 2-0 Brewers. Jeff Levering on the call here on WTMJ. It was a day that the Brewers were giving away free mullet haircuts in honor of the rookie. The Brewers would win 5 to nothing, their seventh shutout victory of the year. Manager Craig Council on a solid month or so for Weimer. You know, over this kind of big sample of the last month, um, he's definitely... Um, you know, he's driving the baseball, which he's very capable of. Uh, the opposite field homers have started to come, which is, um, you know, a great sign for any hitter. Uh, so he's, he's putting together a really nice, nice first season in the big leagues. The series finale will be looking for a sweep for the Brewers as they'll finish up with the Pirates today at 110. Our coverage will begin at noon with Brewers warm-up with yours truly. In the way-too-early look at the standings still here on June 18th, the Brewers sit in first place at 36-34 and 34 for the record. The only other team above 500, the Cincinnati Reds at this point. They defeated the Houston Astros. They're now 36-35, and 35, and with the Pirates losing this series, they now are 34-35. and 35. To golf now, third round of the Men's U.S. Open at the Los Angeles Country Club concluded yesterday. Two tied atop the lead thanks to some dramatics on the final hole. Comes away right on the target. NBC's Dan Hicks and Paul Azinger on the call. Wyndham Clark birdies the final hole. Ricky Fowler bogeys the final hole as they will enter the final round of the U.S. Open, tied atop the leaderboard at 10 under par. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dom. Looks like mullets are good luck for the Brewers. So maybe maybe they should do that before every game. It's 818. We're up to 64 degrees. We're going to have your forecast in just a couple of minutes. And also... Mark Cass is just around the corner. It's all ahead on the Sunday morning edition of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, it looks like Father's Day is going to be a pretty good day for some grilling, maybe a little bit of 
swimming. We've we've got some uh, clouds, and they're gonna well, they're gonna be creeping in. We're gonna get even cloudier as the day goes on, but those temperatures aren't gonna be too bad if you're near the lake. It's gonna be about seventy four inland, about eighty four, and I guess towards the west, they're talking about a chance of some inland showers and storms. But we'll keep an eye on that. Then tonight, it's gonna be mostly cloudy, down to sixty degrees. Tomorrow, those clouds are gonna start to go away. It's gonna be Pretty pleasant with a high of 78, a little bit warmer. Near the lake, maybe as warm as about 87 degrees. On Tuesday, the sun comes back full force. We're going to have a beautiful day. Uh, Let's see. And uh, 85 inland, about 77 if you're close to Lake Michigan. Wednesday, more of the same, about the same temperatures, getting up into the upper 80s if you're inland. And Thursday, sunshine, and we might hit 90 degrees. How about that one? Right now in Mequon, we have 64. Racine's at 62. Oconomowoc has 66. We have 64 degrees at WTMJ at 821. And that means it's uh, time for Mark Cass, who is the editor-in-chief of the Milwaukee Business Journal. Um, So, Mark, the state legislature passed that shared revenue bill. What's next? And how soon might we start paying higher sales tax in the city and county? This will be interesting to watch because what's next is that it will have to go to the city council and to the Milwaukee County Board who will have to approve it. Whether that happens or not, we'll see. I think there's a lot of support for it. This is something that was kind of interesting. I went back and looked. We've been talking about this for eight or nine years. That's how long they've been talking about a sales tax in Milwaukee. Finally was approved at state level, now in the city's hands. There are some aldermen who are concerned about it who are saying that some of the things in the legislation which impede on local control are not things any of them like. But I think what they're missing on this is that that's not what they're going to be asked to approve. They're going to be asked to approve the sales tax increase in Milwaukee and in Milwaukee County. So no matter if they approve those sales things or not, all those regulations are still going into place because they come from the state. So here's a case where the city's looking for money. We've all read the stories about the need for the money, how it would be used, police, fire, EMS, and then obviously with the pension issues. Is there a chance to get this? Because if not, the alternatives are not good for the city if this money is not in place. So I think over time it will get it approved. It'll just be a matter of when and how ugly it gets along the way. Ooh, well, speaking of the state legislature, I understand we're going to get more details this coming week on the Republican proposal to fund that maintenance and renovation work at Amphan Field. They're saying they're going to have it on the governor's desk by Independence Day. What do you think is going to happen? This one, another interesting to watch, but I think it's going to include a number of things. One, it's going to include money paid every year by athletes who play in our state. And this is something you and I talked about when we wrote about it about a month ago, and that is about $12 million that's actually paid every year when all these athletes, whether it's somebody like LeBron James or others, they have to pay income taxes on this. I think now that the revenue thing has gone through the state legislature and the city and the county are getting more money, I think they're going to ask the city and county to ante up and to be part of this plan. I'm not sure how much, but I think that's something I've heard over and over again is that the impact is here in our area of the state, and the city and county should help with that. I think you'll see something from the state, nowhere near what Evers had asked for, and then you may see them ask something from the team. I know they've not said up front what they would be doing as part of this, but over and over again, you've probably heard this from people, I've heard this from people saying, why isn't the team who we pay the money to, who's paying these millionaires to play the game, why aren't they involved with this project? And the argument from their sake is is that as part of the lease, I think, though, they're going to have to show how invested they are here. I think it's very important, though, Libby, that this thing has got to get done because you want to commit the brewery to staying here for a long time. And that's what it does here because if they do do this, remember, the Brewers have agreed to extend their lease through 2043. So this is a big deal for Milwaukee. Oh, I think you're so correct on that one. Now, what about Harley-Davidson? I understand they're putting the brakes literally, yeah, literally in production. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's it, a bad, that was a bad pun there. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's not happening here. It's happening in York, Pennsylvania, right. and it's all yep. about supplies. What does this mean financially for Harley-Davidson here in Milwaukee? You know, this is another one. This actually happened to them about, about six or nine months ago where they had to stop production and it impacted their finances. To have it happen again is not good, especially in the current environment where they're trying to grow their sales or trying to really work on that. They're also at a time when the economy, we're not in a slowdown, but we're in one of those things where everyone's kind of watching the economy. What's going to happen over the next six months? Are we going to see a recession? And if so, how does that impact Harley because of their high-end models they try and sell? So it's just a continuation of some issues. That's obviously important to Harley. You have to have quality. Can't have any issues with your parts. So I think obviously made the right move. It's just be really interesting to watch what the impact is for them on revenue, which is so important right now. Say it isn't so, Mark. 
Tosa's not letting Chick-fil-A in. <laughs> I mean, there's a controversy in Wauwatosa. I can't believe that's the case. That never <laughs> happens, right? Mm. This is a case of traffic. We've all seen the long lines at a Chick-fil-A, no matter if it's 8 o'clock in the morning or midnight. It seems like there always is a line to get that chicken sandwich. I've kind of lost. I like it, but I would never wait in line as long as people do for that chicken sandwich. So there's a concern that that's going to spill out onto Mayfair Road, what that would mean to the area. So we'll see if they move it to a new location, if they come back for it. But Wauwatosa's kind of holding their own and saying it just would impact that area. Kind of interesting to me because that is one of the most heavily traveled streets in the region already. But every time something gets kind of looked at there, there's always concern about traffic. Yeah, but the line always goes fast. The line goes fast, but I can can see you in the morning. What time are you in line? Like eight or nine? For kind of your chicken on the way into the office? Or what do you do? Always with extra pickles. Oh, Uh, there you go. Speaking about all that fun food and fun time, Summerfest is going to open for the first of its three weekends on Thursday. How are those sponsorships going this year? And how is the weekend only format working out. They've had another strong year on sponsorships. Everyone knows they lost Harley a couple years ago that they did replace it with Generac. They did some other switches this year. They brought in some new sponsors. So, I mean, from a sponsorship standpoint, I think they're strong. I think what everyone's going to be watching this year, this will be the third year of this new three-weekend approach. They tried one in fall. That didn't work very well for them, obviously. They tried one last summer. We were just coming out of COVID, and it did okay. I think they really want to watch this year and see how it goes in terms of attendance, in terms of sales. I think it comes down to weather, of course. Weather has a huge impact. I think from talking to some of the restaurants who were down there some of the others who really like this new format because you're not going 12 days straight. You get a little break. Also hitting the weekends where they feel that they're going to get the largest crowds. I think it'll be reevaluated after this one, but I'd be surprised if it changed. I think they like this. I think it gives them a chance to have some huge name acts come to this. So I think it's really going to be interesting to watch, but I figure I will see you there next Thursday. I'll see you there probably with a hot dog and a beer as you head to see who are you going to see, Libby? Who's your number one? You know, there's so many to choose from. How about you? I'm going to Sticks. Huge fan of Sticks. Oh. I'm going to see Cheryl Crow. And there's a couple others, but I know you'll be down there eating that hot dog and drinking one beer only, right? With my lighter on in the middle of all those encores. Hey, listen, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> see you at Summerfest. All right, Libby. You have a great week. You too. Take care. I'm kind of looking forward to Smokey Robinson. I, you, 80, you know, that guy is 80 years old. And his voice is still great. I've seen him you know, on TV doing a few things. And he's still got the moves. He, he, you know, he's, he's, he's grooving along. All right, it is 828. We have 64 degrees at WTMJ. We've got uh, coming up next hour. I can't wait for this. Matt Miller saw the new Flash movie. And I understand there are a lot of cameos in it. And I just want to find out, is it worth seeing? Well, for no other reason than to see Michael Keaton say, this again. I'm Batman. I love it when he says, I'm Batman. All right. Uh, <laughs> Jessica's coming up in just a couple minutes, too. And welcome back to Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. I'm Libby Collins. Uh, got a lot going on this half hour. We're going to hear about a new baby at the zoo. And also, Matt Miller's going to be here. Can't wait to talk to him. He saw the Flash movie, and uh, I I want to go if, if for no other reason. I I want to go just to see this. I'm Batman. I, I got to ask him: Is it worth you know the price of a ticket to go see Michael Keaton come back as Batman? All right, uh, let's see. Well, what a week it was. I mean, a former president was arraigned in. In Miami, a woman from Ecuador returned from the dead and shared revenue agreement in Madison. Is it going to happen? Well, there's so much more. In the week of review, brought to you by Outdoor Living Unlimited. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Legendary hard rock band KISS is returning to Wisconsin for what will likely be their final concert in the state later this summer. From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, a police standoff is currently underway at an apartment near 84th and Marion in Milwaukee. Hours of that, only to find out the suspect, police say, was not inside. There's still nobody home. Now the 3 2 swung on, a pop foul. Back here. Ow! 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 Happening right now, former President Donald Trump turning himself in into a Miami courthouse. Former President Trump's inside a federal courthouse in Miami. They processed his arrest. He's hearing charges against him in the classified documents case. The decision to pursue charges against President Trump while turning a blind eye 
to others is emblematic of the corruption that we have here. We saw one dressed in like a prison jumpsuit and some of the president's supporters actually surrounded him. They swarmed him and police had to step in, break it up and make sure that that person was safe. We need people who are running for office and are involved in office that turn the temperature down and try to find consensus and get the job done that people pay us to do and not focus on throwing more gasoline on the fire. There's a growing perception among the American people that there is a a double standard, and there's been real clear abuses of power in recent years that have caused people to mistrust the government. The police have to constantly change and move and grow and do all these things, and the public gets to act a fool, gets to shoot and kill each other. Can we protest about the kid, the one-year-old that died, instead of protesting against the police? No, we don't do that. Damn. Everyone's bowing their heads, one by one walking up, crossing, perhaps, taking a moment to remember her. And then they hear, Get me out of here! Watertown police investigating a fatal plane crash near Brant Quirk Park. I was just mowing my lawn, and then I felt this, like, huge boom, and, like, felt it in the ground. It, like, shook beneath me. I don't think playing D3 football is impressive. I think you're nuts. Dumbass! From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, the news is from Madison, where the state Senate has passed the shared revenue proposal negotiated last week. I've got an update on the progress of the shared revenue bill in the Wisconsin legislature. It has now passed the assembly. Right now, we're going to talk to the governor of the great state of Wisconsin, Tony Evers, who joins us on the phone. I sensed after the last election that there seemed to be more willingness to have conversations. From that, that's how we've got to where we're at. It is my honor to do what's right by our kids. But I also want to say that that was some bullshit. The bill will allow the Milwaukee Common Council and the Milwaukee County Board to approve sales tax increases. Anytime that there's been a question about the city's uh, ability to continue on to remain solvent, to not get trapped into a, a financial death spiral, the Common Council has stepped up and and answered that question and taken that vote. What I hope happens is they don't Thelma and Louise in the car off the cliff and that they look at that there is no room now to kick this fiscal can down the road. It's really going to go off the cliff. A construction worker at Lambeau Field is said to be in critical condition after what is being called a serious incident. There's the 2-2. Strike three. It's over. The Whitefish Bay Blue Dukes Division I state champions. For any any parent who gets to watch their kids, uh, you know, do something they love doing and have spent a lot of time, you know, working hard to get good at it, it's it's fun to watch the results of that. What a week, eh? What a week. That was some bull****. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. And the Weekend Review is sponsored by Outdoor Living Unlimited. Uh, looks like we've got a lot of clouds coming in for Father's Day, but that shouldn't put a pall on your on your plans. Definitely a good day to do some barbecuing, and we'll be out there a little bit later on today at our house doing some barbecue. 65 degrees at 841 on WTMJ. Speaking of fathers, there's a new dad at the zoo. Dad of what? We'll find out right after this. It's all ahead right here on WTMJ. Then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. And we're going to have some increasing clouds with a slight chance of showers. As you go further west, we'll get up to about 84 degrees there. 74 near the lake. Tonight, cloudy down to 60. Tomorrow looks like we've got the clouds going away, dissipating and uh, warming up, though. 87 inland, 78 near the lake. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we've got sunshine all three days and increasing temperatures. 85 Tuesday, 88 on Wednesday and by Thursday. Might be getting 90 degrees if you're away from the lake. Right now, Port Washington has 62, Richfield's at 65, Franklin has 67, and and right here at WTMJ, it is 65 degrees at 843. It's monkey business around the Milwaukee County Zoo, and joining us is Jennifer Diliberti, and Jen, let's talk about the baby monkey. Yes, we have a new DeBraza's monkey, a baby that was actually born on June 10th during regular operating hours for the zoo. So many of our visitors actually saw this baby being born in the habitat, which is pretty spectacular. And everything is going well with the baby. We're not sure of the sex yet, but I think that the zookeepers do 
have their suspicions as to what it is, but the Debrazos monkey is a new species for us. So this is a first time birth, both for mom and dad. So really exciting times at the zoo. And if people have seen this species before, they kind of have the long hair in the front that looks like a white beard, sort of. So they look kind of elegant and yet very exotic. So we invite people to come to the primates building now to see the baby and the parents. But what I find interesting in the pictures is the baby doesn't look anything like a mother. I mean, nothing. Right. And the baby, actually, this baby was rather big for a baby Debraza's monkey. And if people do go to our website to see it, it does look quite large, but it was just a big baby, basically. But it doesn't have, like, the and face of the mother, see, does it? No, it doesn't. That'll all come later, because a lot of these animals, if you think of the apes and the primates, that they have so much of the DNA that the humans do. So if you think of that, they grow kind of at a rate of a human being. So that's all going to come as they get to be more of a young adult in terms of, you know, the facial features and things like that. Like you say, it doesn't have, you know, the striking white beard yet. It almost looks like a macaque um, from our Monkey Island area. That's what I was thinking when mm-hmm. I saw it. I thought, how did so that really... monkey get that one? <laughs> you know, and is right. the father monkey going to be asking questions about this, right? Right. Is that mine? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, so it is. It's really interesting to see. And the mother, Holly is her name. The mother keeps the baby real close to her chest. And so the baby clings to the mom as she bounds around the exhibit. But very clear and very easy to see the baby for our visitors. Jen Diliberti, always good to have you here. Thank you. It's 846. I don't know. If I were the father of that monkey and he looked nothing like me, I'd, uh, you know, well, what are you going to do? All right. Uh, let's see. We are about a minute away from from uh, Dominic Catroni on Sports. It's all ahead of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. The Brewers turned up Wade Miley in his return from the injured list on Saturday, making his first start in almost exactly a month dealing with a lat strain. He was taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates a win, and the Brewers win the series against the team they were chasing at the start of the weekend. They got some help from Rowdy Telez. 3-2 again. Line drive right center field. It is down and all the way to the wall. That'll get two in as Telez is on his way to second. The Brewers double their lead. It's 4-0. Jeff Levering on the call here on WTMJ. That two-run double made it a 4-0 Brewer lead. They would win 5-0, their seventh shutout victory of the year. Wade Miley went five shutout frames. He only walked two, also struck out four. Manager Craig Council on Miley hitting the ground running. It's funny. He, he's been feeling so good. We talked about it earlier, but he's he really has. He's been feeling, you know, as good as he's felt all season for like the last two weeks. So, you know, we were talking about his rehab thing. Does he need one? And I was I was really convinced that he wasn't going to need more than one just because of how good he's been feeling. So it, it showed today. You know, I thought he'd maybe a little amped up in the first inning, and then he really settled in, probably kind of get get a little bit of energy out of him, and he settled in and pitched really, really well. The finale of this series is today at 110. Our coverage will begin at noon. We've got Brewers warm-up for you. Then the network coverage kicks in at 1235. In college basketball news, Bob Huggins, the former head coach of West Virginia men's basketball, has resigned from his post as the head coach of the Mountaineers after an arrest on Friday night for allegedly driving under the influence. At 69 years old, in his career, he won 935 games. And to major championship golf, the U.S. Open at the Los Angeles Country Club only has five players within four shots of the lead. Currently, Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark are tied atop at 10 under par. Rory McIlroy is only one shot back. Scotty Scheffler is at 7 under. Harris English is at 6 under. You can watch the coverage on NBC. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. It's 8.50, and we have 65 degrees at WTMJ, and we're just a couple minutes away from Matt Miller. What movies is he seeing, and should we go see him with him? Well, let's find out. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. At 8.51, it's time for Media Critic and Pop Culture Editor at OnMilwaukee.com, Matt Miller. Sounds like Batman to me, Matt. I know they say it's a flash, but as far as I'm concerned, the only reason to go see that movie is to see Michael Keaton come back as Batman. 
Yeah, that's kind of their hope in that marketing campaign. It's kind of weird that they made a Flash movie and then sidelined him in all their marketing, especially because the Flash has such a unique power and such a fun power, and we just had a Batman movie last year, and you'd think people were had that covered. Uh, but, you know, uh, the movie's not doing great at the box office right now, so uh, maybe they'll learn their lesson. Okay, now, but let's get back to Batman and Michael Keaton. The, the last time we saw him as Batman... Was it like 35 years ago or something? It was a while. It was 1981 or 82. Oh, my gosh. 40 years. So he's getting, Uh, yeah, I mean, Michael Keaton is not a young buck anymore. He's he's getting long in the tooth. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, So is it worth seeing the movie just to see him come back? No, it's not. Uh, oh. Actually, the movie's the movie's quite fun. I would say for about half its running time, I think it's actually a pretty enjoyable Flash movie. Some of the tone doesn't work because it's trying to be kind of goofy and and weird. I don't know if you did. You see the the second It movie, the second Killer Clown movie that came out like five years ago? No, no, I did it's not. A, it, it's the same director as that. And there's a part in that It movie where in the middle of a scary moment, they did a very weird music drop of Angel of the Morning. And this movie feels very much like the kind of director who would pull something like that. Some of the tone stuff doesn't work. And then, honestly, if you're going for Michael Keaton, he doesn't show up until about halfway through the movie. This is not a Michael Keaton Batman movie. This is, I think Michael Keaton shows up for maybe, I think, 10 minutes of screen time in total, Mm. I would bet. Yeah, and it just becomes really muddled and really kind of a cameo fest. And I will say, the final third of this movie is one of the worst finales to a superhero action movie you will see. It is horrible special effects. It is weird, out-of-nowhere action. It is, it's really ugly. You're looking at it, and you're like, wow, they didn't finish making this movie. That's the vibe. Okay, so you mentioned these cameos, because Michael Keaton is not the only one in this, right? No, and there are a lot of other cameos in here. Short lived. Are you but... are you going to? Is it going to kill the expectations if you tell us who they are? I'm not going to say what the cameos are because it's still opening weekend, and I want you know if if people want to be surprised, and these cameos only exist in the movie to be like, wow, that's happening right now. But I will say there are several cameos in the movie that are morally and ethically dubious uh which right. is a weird thing to say morally but... and ethically dubious that i now i'm intrigued i may go see the movie just to see that yeah it, it, it's great for fans of when they resurrected uh carrie fisher at the end of rogue one it's that kind of stuff and it just is real Real queasy and real squeamish. Uh, yeah. Okay, so so I, I, I'm I'm going to delve into this. AI I'm going to delve into this a little bit more. Then, so we're talking about people who perhaps played superheroes who are no longer with us. Yes, and have been recreated with bad, ugly, puppet-looking CGI. Ooh, more than one. Yes. And again, there's no reason for it. It's in the middle of this big finale sequence that's really just a confusing, ugly, visual mess. And you're not really sure what you're supposed to care about. And the movie's whole message is like, you have to let go. You can't live in your past. You have to live your life. Also, at the same time, simultaneously, let's use CGI to literally bring people back to life in this movie. It's 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 queasy and uh, doesn't even fit well so, in so, its own movie. Okay, so so now I really want to see it. Uh, let, <laughs> well, it's hey, the opposite of what I'm trying to do uh, here. Uh, no, now now you got now I'm intrigued. All right, so let's talk about a movie that I think you like, and that's uh, Elemental. It's cute. This is the new Pixar movie. This is the new animated original Pixar movie about what if water and fire fell in love together uh it's it's a really it's a, that's the movie that's the movie it's what a if very fire sweet and water fell movie. in love okay yeah and it's one of the it kind of has like the cars thing where you can't really think too hard about how this world is supposed to exist 
and how things are supposed to work in this world. Uh, but it, it's cute. The voices are nice. The, there's some really beautiful visual look. And it's, it is meant as, a, as an allegory for, you know, immigration, an immigration story and kind of, you know, of life in America, the movie is, 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 is trying to depict. And I think all that works really well. It, it's just really gummed up by a lot of logic and a lot of rules and a lot of the movie trying to explain how this world works and trying to fill this movie out. I think it's a sweet movie. I'm not surprised it's not doing great at the box office right now because Pixar's kind of had a rough go recently. And original animated movies also have had a rough go of it recently. The last time uh, an original animated movie did well, has it's been quite some time. People just don't see original movies right now, and that includes animation. Uh, today's Father's Day, and you, Chris, your dad, Matt, is is our buddy, Gene Miller, who spent how many years here on WTMJ? What are you doing special for dad today? We actually did a lot of our Father's Day stuff yesterday. We we went out to Barnacle Buds, which is always a great... I love uh, that great place. Milwaukee, yeah, a great... <laughs> Great Milwaukee hidden gem. Uh, yeah, we, we had a really great time. Got him, got him a nice present, hung out with him. And I know we did some Lakefront uh, Festival of the Art. And uh, I know uh, he and my sister today are going out to a baseball game as well uh, for in Beloit. So uh, keep your eyes open at the Sky Carp game today. Uh, but it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and he's he's a great dad, and I I appreciate everything he's he's done for me and will do for me over the years. And yeah, he's great. Well, wish him, give him our best, and and wish him a happy Father's Day from everybody here at WTMJ. And you you mentioned the Lakefront Festival of Art. We've got uh, some information about that coming up here in the next half hour. And as always, it's great to have Matt Miller from OnMilwaukee.com with us. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. All right. It is 8.59 on WTMJ. And when we get back after the news, you know, speaking of Father's Day, um, oh, this story, it just is heartbreaking. But it's about a dad of 13, and we're going to share it with you. That's all coming up on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. This is Wisconsin's Weekend Morning News with Liddy Collins. And welcome back to Hour 2 of this Sunday morning edition. Uh, got Jessica Gatso here. And it, Jessica, you, you shared the story again about the, the grandfather and his 8-year-old grandson who died in that plane crash this past week and I, that, that's just one of those heartbreaking stories that I think affects a lot of people when they hear about it when you think about what that day must have started out like grandpa's taking you know I don't know if he had done it before um, but taking his little guy out come up in the plane I mean that had to be such a an exciting day for them to end so tragically yeah, we're not sure if that, yeah, again, if this was like the first plane ride they did together or not, but it sounds like the grandfather was from Watertown and the grandson in Waukesha, I think they were headed to uh, another small airport in northern Wisconsin, and that plane crashed in a, a park in Watertown. The, the FAA obviously does investigations of, of any plane incidents like that. They haven't said yet what caused the crash, have they? They haven't, no. And was it shortly after takeoff that this occurred? Not because they took off from the Watertown airport, right? They did, yes. So, and it crashed close to Watertown. You're right. It crashed in a park in Watertown. So, I can imagine it must have been pretty shortly after takeoff in that case. Yeah, and I know you've been reporting on on the school where this little guy went to school in in Waukesha. Which school was that again? Yeah, that was Summit View Elementary. yeah, they're all obviously classmates grieving and offering support for each other on Monday. And I think there is a uh, a donation is set up online for the family. They're taking money and food donations, et cetera. Do you, do you have that? Do you have the online address for that? Um, I do not right now. Yeah, okay. If you could, if you could pull that yeah, up for, for sure. us when you have a chance, because it's something that unexpected and that tragic. Uh, the family just must be reeling over what occurred, um, losing two family members and again an eight-year-old si- child. It's got to be so difficult for them. Yeah, and that donation page actually is give in kind. 
that that's the website that you can go to for donating to that cause. Okay. All right. And it's, of course, on Father's Day, you know, I, I, I'm reluctant to, to share this story, but I think I've lo- I lost my father a number of years ago. And, and uh, you know, it, it, it's tough when you, when you don't have a dad. And I can't think of anything worse than having a, a father who is very active and involved with their children and, and losing them in a tragic accident. And uh, this week, uh, Sharon Young reached out to me. She's from, she's from West Bend. And she said, you know, this happened last, last weekend to her brother-in-law, who was a father of 13 children, Dr. Dustin Harker. And this is what she told me. So he was with a church group. Um, they were going on a youth outdoor adventure trip, a whitewater rafting trip, and they were sojourning down the, the river and uh, encountered some rapids, which the raft that my brother-in-law was in capsized. He was in that raft with some other members of their party and also three of the four children that were on the trip. The raft that they were in capsized, and everybody struggled to get above water. I think Cami was trapped under the raft when it flipped over so Justin had the ability to throw that off of her and everybody was able to get back on the raft including himself. He had uh, two cerebral hematomas which we assume he had some kind of brain collision or trauma maybe with rocks that were in the river when he was capsized and thrown out of the raft and so those took a few minutes to kind of take an effect and then he started to lose consciousness and breathing. So the group that he was with made a Herculean effort to carry him over a few of the rafts to get him to shore and um, conducted CPR. There was a train that was near the shore. A couple of men from the train brought him onto the train and they got some medics that were staffed on the train to continue to conduct CPR until the fire department arrived. But, you know, at, at that point, nobody knew exactly what was causing him to be unconscious, but he he was not revivable. It, this makes it even more heartbreaking because Dustin was a neurologist. He was, yeah. How are the kids taking it? Because they witness this terrible tragedy and their and their father literally dying in front of them. How are they reacting today? Um, you know, I just arrived at the house. I drove down with my family from Wisconsin. We got in late last night, too. So we just arrived at my sister's house just an hour or so ago. And I would say, um, you know, it's it's a very busy house. It's brimming with food. Everybody wants to bring you food at a time like this. We've got a lot of food. I'm one of seven children. So my sister's family were kind of large in number on our side. She already had a family friend who came immediately as soon as she heard who was here and then there's all of Dustin's family and he's also got several siblings and his parents are here so it's a busy house um there's preparations happening for a funeral making sure the program is printed and there's preparations there's reunions there's games with the children it doesn't sound like a mourning house there's kind of mourning happening but it almost seems like more in the background like Dustin's brother I know came back this morning from the funeral home, and I think maybe was preparing Justin's body for the funeral, and I'm sure that was emotionally me hearing about it made me tear up. Um, and it's the first time that I get to hug my nieces and nephews, so I think, um, you know, as much as I have my own emotions, I'm trying to be aware that you can't cry constantly after something like this, and life continues, and so I'm trying to measure so that I don't add to their sadness because um, they also need to have some joy. You live in Wisconsin, and your sister and her family are in Kansas. How much support are you going to be able to give to her from that far away? Um, You know, that's kind of something we're assessing and evaluating. Um, Sometimes tragedies like this change a lot of lives, so we don't know yet. Good question. And if you want to find out more about Sharon Young from West Bend and, and how to comfort the family, again, Father 13, uh, passing away so tragically, you can check out the, quote, Support for Dustin Harker's Family Facebook group page. It's 915. We have 65 degrees at WTMJ. And coming up next, we've got Dominic Catronio on sports right here on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. 
the Brew Crew with an opportunity to take the series against the Pittsburgh Pirates on Saturday. Wade Miley taking the mound. Got some help from his offense and young rookie center fielder Joey Weimer. There's a drive towards right. Back at the track and it is gone. A home run for Joey Weimer. His second in as many days. It's 2-0 Brewers. Jeff Levering on the call here on WTMJ. It was a day that the Brewers were giving away free mullet haircuts in honor of the rookie. The Brewers would win 5-0, their seventh shutout victory of the year. Manager Craig Council on a solid month or so for Weimer. You know, over this kind of big sample the last month, um, he's definitely... Um, you know, he's driving the baseball, which he's very capable of. Uh, the opposite field homers have started to come, which is, um, you know, a great sign for any hitter. Uh, so he's, he's putting together a really nice, nice first season in the big leagues. The series finale will be looking for a sweep for the Brewers as they'll finish up with the Pirates today at 110. Our coverage will begin at noon with Brewers warm-up with yours truly. In the way too early look at the standings still here on June 18th, the Brewers sit in first place at 36 and 34 for the record. The only other team above 500, the Cincinnati Reds at this point. They defeated the Houston Astros. They're now 36 and 35, and with the Pirates losing this series, they now are 34 and 35. To golf now, third round of the Men's US Open at the Los Angeles Country Club concluded yesterday. Two tied atop the lead thanks to some dramatics on the final hole. Comes away right on the target. NBC's Dan Hicks and Paul Azinger on the call. Wyndham Clark birdies the final hole. Ricky Fowler bogeys the final hole as they will enter the final round of the U.S. Open tied atop the leaderboard at 10 under par. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. It is going to be a pretty nice day for Dad. A little bit cloudy, but we'll, we'll tell you about it. 65 degrees at 919. We'll have your forecast. And also, if you're looking for something to do this afternoon, the Lakefront Festival of Art is back after a four-year absence. We're going to hear about it right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. Well, it's time to get out there and do some grilling for Dad and... Maybe some activities, whether it's, you know, out there, maybe getting on the boat, swimming or or whatever. It's going to be a little bit cloudy. Those clouds are going to come in. They're talking about maybe a chance of some rain, but it's going to be more towards the west, uh, sort of one of those pop-up showers later this afternoon. Um, but but overall, not bad. Mid-80s for a temperature, if you're close to Lake Michigan, about 75. Then uh, tonight, it's going to be mostly cloudy. Tomorrow looks like those clouds are going to start to go away. A very pleasant day. 87 inland, 78 near the lake. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we have sunshine, and the temperatures are going to creep up. 85 on Tuesday, 88 on Wednesday, and some areas might be hitting 90 by the time we get to Thursday. Right now, waking up around Wisconsin on this Father's Day morning. If you're taking the boat out in Elkhart Lake, it's 68. Muskego has 69. Lake Geneva's at 70. And Milwaukee is 66 degrees at 923. A lot of people are wondering what's going on around the lakefront this weekend. Well, if you've seen people headed over towards the Art Museum, it's because the Lakefront Festival of Art is back after four years. And joining us is Courtney Kisslinger and also Leah Peevler, both from the Milwaukee Art Museum. And you've been drawing crowds since Friday. Yes, yes, we certainly have. Lakefront Festival of Art is back. We are so excited. It's been a great weekend. And we're still open yet today, so we're excited to welcome many, many more Milwaukeeans and out-of-towners to this amazing festival at the museum. Well, and of course, so many of us have missed the fact that you haven't been there since, well, before everything shut down during COVID. And a lot of the artists, were they really excited to know that once again this juried show is going to be along the lakefront? Yes, absolutely. Our artists are excited. Excited to be back. We're taking the artists that juried in in 2020. So they have been waiting for years to get to the lakefront and show their fabulous artwork. So we have 110 artists 
joining us this year. What are some of the kinds of arts that the artists have brought this year? We have a number of mediums from glass and ceramic pieces, sculpture to paintings and prints, jewelry, lots of jewelry, woodworking. It's really everything that you could possibly imagine, mixed media, and it's a great mixture of all of those mediums intertwined at the lakefront. A lot of people I don't think are aware that the Lakefront Festival of Art is really up there with some of the big festivals throughout the country as far as artists are concerned. It certainly is, yes. Our artists travel um, throughout the country, and this is one of their favorites. It's a beautiful setting. The visitors that come are always really excited, and we always have sunshine, so we're looking forward to a beautiful weekend. (laughs) Of course, and, you know, it's not just art and the artists. I know you have a lot of food out there as well as some entertainment. Yes, yes, we've got lots of food and drink available. We've got our wine garden back on Baumgartner Terrace here at the museum. We have a great beer garden on the lawn and then many festival favorites vendors like Saz's. And it's not just for adults. We've got children's activities and children's art. So it's really family friendly. And of course, in addition to the art, we have musical performers and the performing arts. So lots of things to see in addition to taking in the artists down here at the lakefront. Well, and the most important thing is it does help to support arts in Milwaukee and the museum itself. It certainly does. And we also have activities in the museum as well. We have drop-in tours um, all weekend long. So if people want to get out of the sunshine, they're welcome to come into the museum. The festival admission is good inside and out. So if you don't want to be in the sun, we, we want everyone to come inside the museum as well. And I understand if you renew your museum membership, you could get in free. Yes, we have a number of member premiums happening. That is one of them. There are also some drink tickets available, I believe, for a certain premium. And one of the benefits of Lakefront each year has been that members get a VIP first look at a certain level. So renew your membership this year and be sure to come back next year for that early VIP preview. Courtney and Leah, like we said, so many of us are really excited that the Lakefront Festival of Art is back after a four-year absence. So if you haven't had a chance to get out there the last couple days, today it's going on until what time? 5 p.m. All right, we'll see you there. Courtney Kissinger and Leah Peebler, both from the Milwaukee Art Museum. So great for you to join us today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Libby. And Jessica, you were out there the other day. I was out there with my husband, too. What was your favorite thing that you saw? I think my favorite thing uh, stood stood out right away was this glass sculpture. I was like, I recognize that. And it turned out there was an artist there who has a, I don't think it's a quite permanent installation, but they have this glass sculpture at the Museum of Wisconsin Art in West Bend. Um, And that piece is these three very large towers of, I would almost describe them as bubbles of colorful blown glass that are kind of hanging in one of the newer um, uh, wings of the museum. So the sunlight really catches it really nicely. I think that was Christopher Jeffries, isn't it? Uh, No, it's a Sigworth Glass Studios. They're based in River Falls. And it's actually a husband and wife duo. They they work on it together. Oh, well, there was Christopher Jeffries was out there, too. And he's he's a California artist who does glass installation. that, That booth just... I was amazed at, at some of the things that he did. But, I mean, there's just so much out there. It, it, just every kind of art that you can even imagine, including, did you see the wooden purses? I don't think I saw oh. them. No. Oh, oh, they were just, they they were so interesting and very artistic. I mean, it was like if you if you had one of those, you didn't just have a, a handbag. You had a piece of art you were going to carry around with you. So, yeah, there's a lot to see out there. It's just so nice. What a great way to spend Father's Day. Indeed, yes. And Jessica will be back right after this. It's all ahead on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News 929. And we're back at 937. I'm Libby Collins. Welcome back to the last portion, the last half hour of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. And you heard her just a couple minutes ago. Sandy Max is here. Good morning. Sa- you know what, Sandy? I don't think you and I have ever shared microphones in the studio. No. We see each other all the time. But that's why when you said, hey, you want to talk about WTMJ Cares on Sunday, oh. I said, I would love to. And you said you'd come in. Yeah. Which is so nice of you. Thank you for being here. But yeah, let's talk about WTMJ Cares because... I, I mean, 
it's this time of year, things slow down as, in terms of blood drives. It seems like they cannot get enough volunteers out there, and you are helping to make an effort as to why that is so important this time of year. Well, it's important any time of year because you realize one pint of blood can save three lives, and that blood is used in all kinds of ways. It's not just in the really terrible circumstances we hear, like when you hear of an emergency. And I have been a regular blood donor with the American Red Cross just something I started doing a few years ago once I felt like, okay, it's safe to go back out into the world and do something that's sort of medical and weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like at least, well, it's in, you know, over weird, the past. But it's not weird. Yeah, yeah. no, it, and, and happily it isn't. So I kind of wanted to do a good deed and I don't always have a check to write to every organization that I think does good work. So here's something mm-hmm. that doesn't, doesn't need finances, just need you to roll up your sleeve, spend about an hour start to finish to... Lay flat, relax, and donate a pint of blood. And the thing is, you know, and I'm not a big fan of needles, but I have Few people are. But I have (laughs) given blood, and you really don't, at least what I've done, I don't even notice. The nurses are wonderful. They're in a great rhythm. They're in great practice. Mm -hmm. They take donations all the time. They can find those veins right away, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And part of the key to that is being hydrated. Mm -hmm. Really, just simply drinking water and and making sure that you are fortified when you go in. Uh, So what we're doing for WTMJ Cares, my first one I get to spearhead, is I'm asking people to come join us at the Milwaukee County Zoo, a fun place, for three days, June 26th, June 27th, and June 28th, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, we will be partnering with the American Red Cross and Gruber Law Offices, hosting a blood drive. Nine till three. Go to WTMJ.com. You can schedule a time that's convenient for you. You can also text blood to the Old National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. Text blood to 855-616-1620. We'll text you the link to schedule right there and make it easy. Now, where in the zoo is this going to be? That is a good question. I I know that I talked to, uh, we talked with uh, Mark Thomas, the CEO of the American Red Cross Regional here in uh, Wisconsin. He was uh, on Wisconsin's Afternoon News on Friday. And I remember him telling me how excited he was to do a quick little video in front of the penguins. So it Ooh. will so be when you donate blood on one of these days, the 26th, 27th, or 28th, here's what you get. Free same-day admission to the zoo, free parking, and bonus free tickets to Summerfest. Oh, wow. Wow, supplies last. So do a good deed, help out people. And we also talked with Dr. Ben Weston of Milwaukee County Health Advisor, and he dropped some knowledge on us. This is how important it is to donate blood. Every two seconds, someone is in need of blood or platelets, which is one of the components of blood. That amounts to 40,000 units of blood cells that are needed every single day and the blood supply from folks donating just isn't keeping up. That's every day. That's amazing. Every day. And we hear of terrible accidents. Um, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky. And when that shooting happened recently, uh, it was jarring to my core because that was, oh, my gosh, that's, that's my hometown. But I found out it took 170 pints of blood that day to address that tragic issue. So you have those intense emergency needs, but... People need it in hospitals every day. This is also what Dr. Weston had to say. A lot of folks need blood. It's critical to living, and it's critical to a lot of people who have chronic disease or acute disease as well. Because it's used for chemotherapy. Yeah, a lot of cancer patients, their their cell count, when it starts to struggle, they need those transfusions. So you would be doing a great deed if you could take an hour out of your day. And I say an hour because when you get to the zoo, you'll check in, they'll ask you some questions, they'll prick your finger, and they prick it on the side instead of right in the middle where all your nerve endings are? I was like, that's very considerate. So they take that drop of blood just to test it out, make sure you're A-OK. And when you're laying on the stretcher there, takes maybe 10, 15 minutes tops. I am squeamish. I don't look. <laughs> I look away from my arm. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I don't like to look either. But it, but it's, but that's if that's what it takes to make a big difference for somebody who needs it, and you never know when you're that person on the other side and that, it. that is a very good point because you don't know or if somebody that you love is in that that kind of accident where they need that and they need it now. And here's the other way. You know you're making a difference. Do you realize how many people donate blood? It's not as many as you think. Dr. Weston had this to say. Only 3% of all Americans donate blood, but 37% of the population is eligible. So we really need folks to get out there donate blood, and this event at the zoo is an outstanding way to do it. 
three percent. Yeah. So if you show up, you're already increasing that. When about forty percent of the population are eligible, have blood that can be used. Only 3% of us are donating. And what days are you doing this again? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, June 26th, 27th, and 28th. WTMJ.com has all the info, and we can send it right to your cell phone. Text BLOOD to Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Text BLOOD to 855-616-1620. And please join us. I will be there donating on Monday. I will be visiting all those other days as well. And Sandy, can you stick around a couple more minutes? I can. Because you, you're doing something else. I am. But from... I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I am so intrigued with this. And we're going to talk about it. where the action it. is. Yeah, yeah. 943 and uh, 66 degrees at WTFJ. We've got some clouds today, but overall a pretty nice Father's Day. We're going to get up to about 84 degrees. A little bit cooler near the lake in the mid-70s. Then tonight, cloudy down to 60. Tomorrow looks like those clouds are going to start to go away with a high of 87. And if we're looking at Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, we've got sunshine the rest of the week. And those temperatures climbing up every day. By Thursday, some areas are going to be 90 degrees. Port Washington right now is at 63. Richfield is 71. Franklin's at 71. And we have 68 degrees at WTMJ. And 945, and you're a minute away from Dominic Catroni on Sports on Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. The Brewers turned up Wade Miley in his return from the injured list on Saturday, making his first start in almost exactly a month dealing with a lat strain. He was taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates a win, and the Brewers win the series against the team they were chasing at the start of the weekend. They got some help from Rowdy Telez. 3-2 again. Line drive right center field. It is down and all the way to the wall. That'll get two in as Telez is on his way to second. The Brewers double their lead. It's 4-0. Jeff Levering on the call here on WTMJ. That two-run double made it a 4-0 Brewer lead. They would win 5-0, their seventh shutout victory of the year. Wade Miley went five shutout frames. He only walked two, also struck out four. Manager Craig Council on Miley hitting the ground running. It's funny. He, he's been feeling so good. We talked about it earlier, but he's he really has. He's been feeling, you know, as good as he's felt all season for like the last two weeks. So, you know, we were talking about his rehab thing. Does he need one? And I was I was really convinced that he wasn't going to need more than one just because of how good he's been feeling. So it, it showed today. You know, I thought he'd maybe a little amped up in the first inning, and then he really settled in probably kind of get get a little bit of energy out of him and he settled in and pitched really really well the finale of this series is today at 110 our coverage will begin at noon we've got brewers warm-up for you then the network coverage kicks in at 12 35 in college basketball news bob huggins the former head coach of west virginia men's basketball has resigned from his post as the head coach of the mountaineers after an arrest on friday night for allegedly driving under the influence at 69 years old, in his career, he won 935 games. And to major championship golf, the U.S. Open at the Los Angeles Country Club only has five players within four shots of the lead. Currently, Ricky Fowler and Wyndham Clark are tied atop at 10 under par. Rory McIlroy is only one shot back. Scotty Scheffler is at 7 under. Harris English is at 6 under. You can watch the coverage on NBC. I'm Dominic Catronio, WTMJ Sports. Thanks a lot, Dominic. It is 949, 68 degrees, and coming up in a couple minutes, Sandy Max is still here, and boy, I am so jealous, and I'll tell you why. It's all ahead of Wisconsin Weekend Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. I am so jealous, Sandy Max. You are going to do a Beatles trip to England, and I'm 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 blown away with that. Tell and us about you it. You could join yeah. me. It's called the Beatles and More, an England adventure. And we had our producer Isaac play "Birthday" because today is Sir James Paul McCartney's birthday. That's right. Not just Father's Day, also Sir oh. Paul's birthday. So a celebration all the way around. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Although he wasn't my favorite Beatle. Who was George? The quiet one. Yeah, how about I you? I hate that they call him the quiet Beatle. Yeah, I'm like, no, well, he was just the, the overshadowed talent, Beatle, bless his heart. He was like a really heart. talented yeah. guitarist. Who was your favorite? I was, it's funny that you say that. It started out Paul, and then the more I got to know George, um, oh. then a George gal. But my one of my very favorite Beatles moments with George Harrison at the very beginning of A Hard Day's Night 
when they are running away from the train station because they're being chased by all these girls. Oh. Watch. George Harrison takes a biff, trips over like his ankle, <laughs> falls right down. But they oh. were so young and resilient. Like, yeah. He bounces right back up. And and I think I think it's John Lennon who's running in front of it and turns around. And they just start laughing because he takes a biff and then bounces right back yeah, up. And you got the they idea just keep that, running from the Beatlemania gals. Well, you get the idea. That was all filmed in one take. Yeah. The whole thing. The whole movie. Yeah. 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 But Did yeah, Beatles fans, this is a trip uh, you are invited on. And if you've never been to England, period, this is a trip you're invited on. Uh, Steve Bertrand, of a travel expert, uh, we're partnering with him and Journeys Connect. So it's a 10-day trip in England. We start in London and Liverpool, and we're going to visit the London sites of the Beatles, of course, Abbey Road. We're also going to tour. Oh, you're going to do the, you're, you're yes, going the to walkway. do the pose. You're going to do, okay. You have to cross that zebra yeah. crossing, as they pictures. call it. Yes. It, yeah. uh, so we'll visit Abbey Road um, and other Beatles landmarks in London, plus kind of do the official London checklist. You got to get on the London Eye. You have to do the official tour of Westminster Abbey, where the king was just crowned there so we'll we'll definitely do the london landmarks and london is one of my very favorite cities so i get to take you on a secret food tour Ooh. through borough market and but what but the english aren't really known for their cuisine you'd be surprised what you can find in borough market lots of mashed peas right sure mushy peas but we can <laughs> sip and sample our way through some pubs oh, and have oh, some good times sip and, and now i gotcha okay I'm, I'm following that one yeah then we will go to liverpool for just an epic experience we will ferry cross the mersey we're even staying in a beatles themed hotel and we have wow. the beatles story museum all to ourselves for just our wtmj group for one night Oh, and yes, we will go to the Cavern Club. We'll go to Strawberry Fields. So really do all those Beatles checklist things in the Fab Four's hometown. So you will walk in the same steps as John, Paul, George and Ringo. Then we are going to adventure through the rest of England, stroll through Oxford. We'll go to Windsor Castle. We'll go to Stonehenge. Oh, that would be fascinating. Isn't that going to be fun? Uh, Ride through the Cotswolds and uh, Stratford-upon-Avon, where Shakespeare was born. We'll stroll through there. So I'm really excited about it. If you're excited about it and thinking, I wouldn't want to miss out on this trip, uh, come with me. You can email me, sandy at WTMJ.com, S-A-N-D-Y at WTMJ.com. Send you the brochure. We also have it posted on our website, WTMJ.com. But yeah, the Beatles and more, an England adventure. I am psyched. I would love it if you could join in. Oh, and it's it is going to be a fabulous trip, a Before fab you, trip. Be, uh, say it will sell out. We are going to close it in oh. like one week. So if you oh, are so you thinking about now. this, yeah, don't yeah. don't miss out. Sandy at wtmj.com or wtmj.com. Check it out. Now you've been a busy lady because I know <laughs> you've been doing a lot of things for for um, well Summerfest. You've got the soundtrack. The sound check that's going to air Wednesday night, I think, and then yeah, again next Sunday. A preview with Sarah Pancari and Scott Zeal, the new entertainment but director. You also had an opportunity to talk with Don Smiley. Yes. And, you know, you'd think Summerfest, obviously, you think of him, but he has had such an interesting career. And that's going to be here at 11 o'clock. We're going to have Inclu- that on WTMJ Conversations. I'm excited. I think you'll learn things that you didn't know. Uh, he had a very interesting career in baseball before he came back to Wisconsin. Uh, and he even had a short career in television. Don uh, Smiley. Well, we've got, <laughs> let's, do we have that ready? Okay, let, here's a little bit of what Sandy talked to Don about. You have a World Series ring. I do. You're not wearing it now. I I wish I'd ask you to bring it in. I do. Tell us uh, about your World Series ring. Well, that's a little bit of a long story, but to shorten it up, when I first moved to South Florida, Fort Lauderdale, I went to work with a fellow by the name of Wayne Heisinga. I was vice president of sales and marketing. The president that he hired never made it to opening day, which was April 5th of 1993 against the Los Angeles Dodgers which we happened to win that game. (laughs) Carl Barger, who he had hired, unfortunately dropped over dead at the winter meetings in 1992 and never made it to the opening day. So after we made it through our inaugural season, 1993, Wayne came to me on President's Day of 1994 and said, would you like to be president of the ball club and chairman of the stadium? And he was the youngest, uh, what, uh, MLB president, yeah, just yes, a- amazing. Well, Sandy's going to be From back the ground floor to the World Series. Sandy's going to be back at eleven on WTMJ Conversations, talking with Don Smiley. And coming up after the news, it's the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian and David Workert right here on WTMJ.